Welcome to Market Street to Main Street, AIM's legislative episodes of the Hometown Innovations podcast and a supplement to our e-newsletter, Legislative Summary. During the legislative session, this weekly podcast series will offer a rundown of what happened at the State House and important legislative action and issues our members need to know about. You'll hear AIM's expectations for the upcoming week and the team's strategy for addressing critical legislation. Hi, I'm Jennifer Simmons with AIM and welcome to Market Street to Main Street, AIM's special podcast series geared exactly towards the legislative session. Joining me today is Matt Greller, AIM CEO and excellent, outstanding number one AIM lobbyist, Jenna Bentley. Sorry, Jenna, I did not get my thesaurus out today. So I knew what all those words mean. And I would also <laughs> the best I could do today. Hopefully I will do you justice next week. I'll take it. I'll take it. All right. Um, okay, guys, it's time. Uh, this week will be the last time I mentioned the AIM legislative dinner. I know everyone's tired of us bringing it up every Friday, but we have to talk about it one more time because it was incredibly successful. It was held earlier this week on February 20th at the Hyatt in Indianapolis, where we had about 420 municipal officials, legislators, um, some sponsors, and of course, thank you to presenting sponsor Duke Energy. We just had excellent participation. So maybe just give me this, your your big picture thoughts on this year's legislative dinner. Well, I thought it was an overwhelming success. First of all, I think the team at AIM, first of all, did a great job of putting everything together as we always seem to do uh, for big events like this. So that was fantastic. But I thought the overall environment of uh, bringing local officials from cities and towns around the state uh, to, to talk to their legislators, even if the legislator could only stop by for a few minutes, it seemed like we had more legislators there than I can ever remember. The dialogue was good. We had lots of newly elected uh, municipal officials there. So this was maybe their first opportunity to interact uh, with legislators in Indianapolis. I know lots of members had uh, sidebar meetings with legislators throughout the day, whether it was at the state house or maybe uh, grabbing something quick uh, to drink before the dinner or whatever it might be. A lot of those conversations took place and it was uh, a great opportunity, I think, to get the municipal message in front of legislators and uh, mm -hmm. something that I think the important piece to remember is that it's it was one night and that mm -hmm. uh, that effort has to continue uh, throughout the year, especially in the off season, to make sure that legislators understand where and what we do and why it's important uh, to the state of Indiana. Yep. Jenna, what, are you, what were your thoughts? You know, I, I mean, exactly what Matt said, very grateful for the legislators who were able to stop by and, and our members who were able to show up. I think the timing of it is always helpful to have it during the second half of session where we have a better idea of, of what's going on this legislative session to hopefully also pave the way for the 2025 session. And so hopefully for those members who met their legislator for the first time, that was just conversation one of many to come. And, and for those who have known your, your legislator for a while, hopefully it was an opportunity to connect and, and thank them for honestly helping us have a, a, a pretty good session so far this year. So um, all in all, if you missed out, weren't able to come next year. I, I hope you plan on coming in the future because it was 
just a really good event and, and hopefully a, a good way to understand more about what's going on at the state house as well. Yeah, it's always a good event when you know when you're standing room only and you know that next year you're going to have to look for a bigger space because it's yeah. uh, it's just becoming that successful. And what were what were some of the surprises? So you guys were incredibly busy throughout the night because you wanted to touch base with AIM municipal members. You wanted to touch base with legislators. So you were both incredibly busy. What were some of the what were some surprises or some of the most interesting things you either learned or conversations you had? Um, well, I think it's always helpful, you know, no matter how many times we say it, like, hey, if you're meeting with your legislator at a third house, let us know how that's going. And, you know, sometimes we hear from our members, but sometimes we don't. And so what was really reassuring to me is the number of um, our members who said, hey, I was talking to Senator X or Representative Y at this event, and they said this. And, and so it's like helpful to know that those conversations are happening. But just want to make another plug to that any feedback you get is helpful feedback. There was a conversation uh, about an issue that we know will come up, up again next session. So just assume that if you know something, we want to know it too. Um, because even if it was on a bill that didn't move forward this year, there's almost a, a guarantee that some similar topic will come up in the future. So we're always just trying to keep tabs on what those conversations are like. So not much of a surprise, but mostly like reassurance that that a lot of the focus on our grassroots efforts are still paying off and our members are, are really engaging with their legislators back in their districts as well. Good, Matt. One thing that stood out to me, I, I don't think I've ever noticed this before. We have uh, obviously some communities in Indiana that had longtime public servants, particularly mayors that were in charge. And now we have new folks in those offices. And I saw legislators from even outside of those particular districts wanting to meet those new folks and, and get an idea for what they're doing, what their priorities are going to be. And it didn't really matter political affiliation. You know, I saw uh, Senator Taylor wanting to reach out to the new mayor in Carmel, opposite political parties, and and have a conversation there. So that was interesting to see that dynamic play out, which I don't recall seeing it quite like I did this this time around. All right, so neither of you took the bait to give any like really fun, crazy stories or whatever. So let's talk about the panel. Um, we had a great panel discussion with Senators Buchanan and Taylor, Representatives Karakoff and Giaquinta. Um, actually, you know, panels generally are something you do at a workshop. They are not they're very informative, wouldn't say they're exciting. Um, so it was a bit of a gamble, I think, for us to do a legislative panel at our dinner where we typically have a keynote speaker. It was really intentional to introduce our members to, you know, the legislators that we work with every day and hear what they have to say that they're working on at the state house. So I would I would say it was a, a big success. Matt, you were the moderator. How did it feel? How was how did you feel um, the legislators did in communicating their priorities? I thought they were. Um excellent, actually, in being very direct about their priorities. I thought it was an interesting dynamic. You had three very long-time, uh, long-serving legislators in Karakoff, Senator Taylor, uh, and Representative Giaquinta, and then a relatively new, at least by legislative standards, uh, person there was Senator Buchanan, but who has quickly 
taking on more and more. He's very uh, thoughtful. He's engaging. He clearly is somebody that's going to be amongst the leadership type discussions in years to come. So I thought they all were, were very good. Um, Senator Taylor sort of stole the show a little bit with his humor and uh, gregariousness. I thought that was pretty good, but he also did a nice job of bringing back uh, uh, the topic to the issues that were important to him, as they all did. I thought uh, mm -hmm. Senator Buchanan was really thoughtful about some of the the tax and fiscal issues that we can expect or may not expect to, to see hit local governments in the years to come as it relates to some ongoing task force work. Uh, I thought those were really good comments as, as well. And I thought Representative Giaquina did a great job of uh, relating what happens at the state house to bricks and mortar type projects back in his district in the city of Fort Wayne. So that was a really nice mm -hmm. uh, connection there. Jenna, what did you think? Yeah, I think it's always helpful, um, especially for new members, to realize just the, the diversity and not only the size of communities that legislators represent, but the different issues they care about, the different backgrounds they have. Um, you know, a couple of the panel, Representative Karakoff, for instance, served in local government. I don't know that Senator Buchanan did. You know, Senator Taylor represents Indianapolis and Leader Giaquinta represents Fort Wayne, two of our larger cities. Um, but then Senator Buchanan and Representative Karakoff, they have Lebanon and Kokomo. And so I just think it's a good reminder that, you know, as important as it is to get to know your local legislator, um, that each of these members of the General Assembly's, Assembly have different backgrounds and areas of expertise. And to me, that came through on the panel quite a bit. As Matt mentioned, Senator Buchanan has really dug into the municipal finance side of things. He's he's worked closely with Senator Holdman on some of the property tax conversations, and he represents a an interesting area, right? He represents the Lebanon area where the LEAP project is, but he also has some very rural counties who are who are nervous about growth and expansion. And so to to be able to see that, you know, they're responsible and and held accountable for some of the bills they vote on by their their local members and their constituents. Mm -hmm. And those are the types of things that they have to weigh. And so while there might be issues that are so black and white for us, it's it's one of a hundred that they're working on each session. So just anytime you can hear from members of different perspectives, I think it helps bring the whole picture together on why certain bills are able to move or why they're not able mm -hmm. to. No, I think that's a really good point. I think and it, it kind of leads into what your dovetails and what you were saying that I don't know that it was our intention, but but to Matt's point about Senator Taylor's humor, what I thought happened that surprised me was the hum it humanized them, that they were able to sit there in a congenial way, talk about their priorities in addition to the caucus priorities, and um, have a conversation, if you will, with, with you, Matt. I just felt like it it demystified them and the process just a little bit for the newer AIM members. And that will help you, I think, in the long run, Jenna, because sometimes we may be frustrated with legislative decisions, but we still have to see them as humans that we need to work with yes. every day, right? So we can't, it's better not to think of them as villains. And so I'm glad that our members got to see them in such a collegial fashion. Yeah, and it's just one of the most interesting aspects um, lobbying for a nonpartisan organization that represents Republicans, Democrats, independents is, 
you never know what bills are going to come up each session where you're you're working with a legislator on one issue, but then that legislator might have strong feelings against what you're working on on another topic. And so I think one of the perks of lobbying for AIM and representing our members is that local issues aren't often partisan. Yes, there are trends. Yes, there are, are things that can be predictable with how a caucus might vote. But at the end of the day, getting to know these legislators as as people and, and understanding their backgrounds is really helpful mm -hmm. um, and, and sharing conversations on behalf of cities and towns. You know, and this is the last thing I'll, I'll bring up, but um, Representative Karakoff said something that really struck me, um, and it's really consistent to some things we've been talking about for a long time, and that is weighing in on certain issues that may not be exactly in AIMS strike zone, but they are helpful for other organizations that we partner with or helpful to some municipalities. So maybe all municipalities can come on board, you know, sort of a right that rising tide lifts all boats concept. Um, it's very project 2040 is very, um, you know, a unique perspective to hear coming from a lawmaker when it's something we've tried to focus on in the last couple of years. Matt, did you notice that? Yeah, I thought Representative Karakoff in particular made a good connection there with some of the issues he brought up, but he, he sort of prefaced those remarks by reminding everyone in the crowd that not only was he on the city council in Kokomo, uh, but before that, for years, he worked in the parks department and was the park superintendent. So he's had this long, extensive experience in local government, and I think understands that sometimes putting aside those very controversial partisan positions on issues is important, uh, mm -hmm. especially when you're dealing with things like workforce and and making sure that we have the the, the necessary uh, systems in place to ensure that everybody in Indiana can get a job and contribute the way that we all would like to see happen. Yep. Yep. Well said. Um, let's talk about a few bills before we sign off for this week. Um, Jenna, we haven't, I don't know that we have talked about this, this session, but um, every 10 years after the census, um, legislative districts need to be redrawn. Local districts need to be redrawn. Uh, there are strict deadlines in place for that, which I know got bumped because of COVID, but there are some communities that are running way behind. So what is the legislature saying about that? Yeah, so Senate Bill 135, authored by um, Senator Mike Gaskell, deals with um, redistricting and extending that deadline. Um, I think there's a couple of things that happened, obviously, the delay in the census, as you mentioned, and then a lack of clarity for even if your districts didn't change much, there's still a process where you have to recertify your district. So in committee, there's been this group um, that has basically done a lot of legwork in reaching out to counties, cities, towns, school boards to see who has redistricted or recertified their existing districts and who hasn't. And so it's come to the attention of the General Assembly where there are a number of cities and towns who haven't formally completed this process. So the bill extends the deadline to do that. So if, if it's a district that is not on the 2024 ballot, you are required to redistrict or recertify before June 30th of 2025, 
Otherwise, the members of the redistricting authority um, that fail to do so can't receive their salary um, or get compensated for their work. Um, and then if it's an office that's on the 2024 ballot, you have to start the, the redistricting or recertifying process January 1st of 2025, but get that done before June 30th of 2025. Obviously, they don't want to impact um, those candidates or those races that are, are ongoing. Um, and so for our towns who might have staggered staggered terms, you might want to take a take a look at that. But I think it's an, an attempt to correct um, just kind of a, a delay and, and some confusion about how the process worked during the pandemic. Um, so we'll certainly reach out to that group on who those cities and towns are who haven't done this process and work to educate our members um, on the steps they need to take to, to become compliant with the law. Let's also talk about an issue we we referenced either last week or the week before, um, but haven't really talked too much about this legislative session and that's annexation. Um, what is the latest with um, the one, I think, primary annexation bill that we've been working on this session? Yeah, so um, Senator Buck's annexation bill that passed the Senate, um, it's the same bill that he's introduced or Senator Boots has introduced each of the last, I think, seven sessions is what they mentioned. Um, it got a hearing in House Local Government this week. Chairman May has been the chair of House Local Government. This might be a second or third session. And so I, he wanted to have a conversation with his committee, and there are a couple of new committee members about annexation. And so hearing this bill was the vehicle to do that. Um, he did not vote the bill, um, but is is pretty serious about bringing stakeholders together. So in my mind, that's, that's us, that's the Association of Counties, that's Farm Bureau, um, potentially the Township Association, although they weren't there to testify and talk about how the current annexation statute is or is not working. And, and I think one of the points, you know, I wanted to, to make, and, and I'm glad we had good conversation with the committee about is um, there's developments that aren't occurring because of the way the current annexation statute is. We've seen a, a number of bills filed um, that basically would allow for spot annexations. And so you're seeing our city and town members have to come to the General Assembly and say, hey, can you give us permission to do this annexation because it might not meet the contiguity requirements. Meanwhile, a 300 home subdivision isn't being built because they can't get this done. So, you know, on one hand, the bill was about municipally initiated annexations, but I do think we have to have a larger conversation about contiguity. Growth doesn't always happen in perfect square circle boundaries. <laughs> and so for new development, we have to have that conversation, but also revisit those areas of the state where you see a property entirely surrounded by city or town boundaries. They're benefiting mm -hmm. from the services of the city yeah. or town, whether it's their public safety or their utilities, the roads that they're paving, and yet they're they're not paying the municipal rate. And so the other taxpayers who are, are subsidizing that. And so mm -hmm. I think it's a fairness question um, that I think we, we should have on behalf of our members. I think there's been hesitation in the past to open up the annexation statute just because of where it's gone um, and because of past efforts to make it really hard for a city or town to um, initiate an annexation. But at the end of the day, I think we've come alongside the General Assembly and say we want to promote growth, but in order to do that, developers need access to our city and town services. So I'm grateful we had someone from the town of Syracuse and an attorney from the town of Newburgh there 
who were able to talk about the nuts and bolts of how this impacts their, whether it's their sewer utility or a new subdivision. Um, and Chairman May was, was grateful that they were able to attend. So hopefully it sets us up for a, a good long-term um, conversation over the summer. And, and, and I, I don't think this conversation is going to go away. No, I think there are a lot of conversations that are not going to go away between now and the next legislative session. And I feel like that list just keeps growing. <laughs> hey, Jennifer, on annexation, I would add yeah. that, you know, as we begin to see signs of people moving from the coasts back into the middle part of the country, things like annexation and planning and zoning are going to become increasingly important uh, for cities and towns in Indiana, as especially those communities that are on the outskirts of faster growing areas that it will see the next wave of growth as mm -hmm. we see these population increases come our way. Uh, so the pendulum, I think, I hope, is starting to swing back towards more conducive uh, growth and uh, planning and zoning policies and laws here in the state of Indiana. That's going to be really important 20 and 30 years down the road from now. Mm, that's a really good point. I think, um, yep, like you said, Jenna, it's a long-term discussion, big picture. You know, maybe next week or the week after we can spend some time just cataloging all of those issues that we know we're going to be tackling next year or in many years to come. I think that could be an interesting preview before we wrap up this series for the summer. Um, all right, Matt, Jenna, anything else you want to add for today? Nope. I'll, uh, I'll work on that 2025 list. I've been avoiding it because, you know, I've just <laughs> maybe a couple of weeks just give, give me some time okay <laughs> all right fine all right thanks everyone be sure to read your bill tracking list at the bottom of the aim legislative summary and we look forward to seeing everyone next week